Hello, I'm Gary Clevenstein, and of course, this is Snipe Hunt, your frightening folklore podcast. And I am Darren Young, and this is the first Encounters episode of 2020. Woo! Yay! On Encounters, we read true experiences by real people. And this one is exciting because for the first time, all stories were emailed directly to snipehuntpodcast at gmail.com. Yes. No relying on Reddit for this episode. And I actually know many of the people involved in these encounters. In fact, one of those people is me. Oh, my God. I know. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, kind of, sort of. You'll, you'll see. You'll see. I have no cool stories. <laughs> well, you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> As with every Encounters episode, and most normal episodes, this will be my first time reading and hearing these stories. So, of course, you'll get my live reaction. And they're genuine. So genuine. Genuine reactions. And yes. I get, we'll see how this goes, because I just had a dentist appointment just a couple hours ago, and I still don't have complete feeling back in my lip. I got some fillings, mm. so they like numbed me up real good. So, like, the entire left side of my face was just numb. It was fun to poke at. I think I'm the only one that genuinely enjoys going to the dentist. I didn't hate it. And having stuff I mean, done. I had, uh, I had my teeth cleaned, so, like, for the first time in, like, maybe 14, 15 years. I felt good, huh? No. Because they, they – well, it feels good now, but – I mean, afterwards, you can, like, blow air through the between your teeth. Well, I could do that anyway because my teeth are really gapped. But, oh, okay. <laughs> but no, uh, so I had like 14 years of buildup on there, and she the whole time she just scraping, scraping, scraping away. Yeah. That wasn't pleasant. But other than that, it was a good experience. It was great when she rinsed off afterwards. I was like, oh. what do you finally get? You can finally get insurance? Uh, well, yeah. Like you're utilizing your insurance? I've had access to insurance. I have not you signed just up. You signed up for yeah. it, but now yeah. you have it. But now so, I have, and yeah. I used it. It's amazing. It you is get two amazing. cleanings a year, bro. Two cleanings a year. Two cleanings Jeez. a year, free of. Are you kidding me? I, free I'm, of charge. <laughs> I'm set for the next 14 years. Yeah. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Darren, this first encounter is a short one from Brandon. Hi, Brandon. And we've titled it. Who is that? I don't remember this, but I have several family members that tell me the story. I was about to say. If you don't remember it, <laughs> how does this work? <laughs> when I was about five or six years old, I attended a large funeral service in Gravit, Arkansas for my great grandpa. Throughout the service, I kept interrupting my family asking who the little girl was. She was sitting on one of the headstones by herself across the cemetery, but they never saw a little girl. Eventually, my family gained enough interest to go look near that headstone once the funeral was over. Still not seeing any little girl around, they decided to read the headstone that I saw the girl sitting on. It marked the grave of a little girl who had just died a couple weeks earlier. Again, I have no recollection of this, but I've had multiple family members who were present share this story with me throughout the years. Hope this is what you were looking for. Brandon. Thanks, Brandon. That, that's exactly what we're looking for, I'd say. Th this is a short story, so I don't think we can do much discussion about it. I I think that it's still a crazy story, for sure. Yeah. See, this is the kind of paranormal experience I would like to have, yeah. where it's just I yeah. see something and then I and then I go to investigate and it corroborates whatever I was seeing. I just want to see it for and myself so I can of it. stop being skeptical. I've never experienced anything paranormal. I really want to experience something paranormal, but at the same time, I don't want like yeah. to live in a haunted house. <laughs> right. So this one's great. So it's nice and isolated. One incident, you don't have to live with it. Well, and unfortunately, we're getting old, and I think uh, 
You're getting old. I am getting. I'm, I am. No, I'm just kidding. You're, you're right. But, <laughs> We're both young. <laughs> but they say that it happens more to little kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Little kids have, sense that crap. It, according to the lore, quote unquote, right. uh, children are more sensitive to this. And it's because they're supposedly more open minded, more imaginative. And so they're more open to these kinds of experiences as opposed to us jaded adults. But <laughs> I try to keep an open mind. I try. Doesn't always work, but I try. This next story, uh, I thought you collected from my ex-wife. <laughs> no, it's I not. I was about to say, what? This is my, <laughs> this is my Aunt Kim. Hi, oh, Aunt. your Aunt Kim. Uh, oh. I'm sure she's listening to this. Hi, Aunt Kim. Hi, Aunt Kim. <laughs> not Cousin Kim. This is about a haunted house in Rogers. So when I was in second grade, we moved to Rogers from Iowa. We moved into this older two-story house on C Street. I thought it was really cool because I had a room with purple carpet and purple and white checkered curtains. And purple was my favorite color at the time. I mean, if you like purple, yeah. That's perfect. perfect. Yeah. yeah. We were renting the house and lived there for almost a year. It had a big living room, a dining room off the kitchen, and a bedroom off of the kitchen on the bottom level. The stairs to the second story were in the kitchen, and off the kitchen there was a door to the attached garage and also a door to the back porch and yard. A lot of doors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you went up the stairs, there were three bedrooms up there. All had doors. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know that. Yeah, I know. That's not right. part of the story. <laughs> the bedroom with the purple carpet was on the front side of the stairs. Front? The front right side okay. of the stairs. I can see it. We liked living in the house, and so after living there for almost a year... My parents went to meet with the owners to sign papers to buy the house. They met at a Waffle House in Rogers for coffee and were about to sign the papers when the wife said to my parents, I know this may ruin the deal, <laughs> but I have to know if you have ever had anything strange happen to you while living in the house. Okay, so they were asking, because they were already living there. They were living, they rented the house and they then were, they met with the owners to buy the buy, house. They wanted to buy, okay. And the owner said this to... Kim's parents. Oh, they were asking. Okay. Yeah. No, sorry, I fell off the wagon. <laughs> My parents were taken back by this question and said, no, why? The lady said, well, every time we have sold the house, <laughs> we have people complaining of strange things happening. My parents were intrigued and asked, what do you mean? If you want to sell a property, I think this is the last thing you should be. I know. And, <laughs> and imagine living in a house for a year and then be like, oh, by yeah. the way, previous tenants have let, said. Let me cause these people some things, anxiety. Yeah. Have happening there. So that if something like, hasn't happened, we'll wish it into existence. So yeah. when they go home, then their mind will start. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> They'll go back to the house and be like, oh, man, right. another stuff happening here yeah, now. They'll start hearing things they never heard before. She went on to tell them that in the kitchen where the fridge sat, there used to be another door to the back porch, and it had been walled over to create a longer wall to put the fridge on. She said that at night, after people had bought the house, they would hear that that door that is walled up open and shut several times, then hear heavy footsteps and heavy breathing come up the stairs. That was, that was definitely my ghost. <laughs> <laughs> and go into the bedroom with the purple carpet. So... A door that's not there anymore, opening right. and closing, opening and, and then closing. some something cl after closing the door, Heavy. coming up the stairs. Yeah, yeah, something very weird. tired and exhausted. 
They said that when the people would leave for the day and then come home at night, that their living room furniture would be rearranged or stacked in the middle of the room. This would also happen sometimes during the night. The families would go to sleep and wake up to the furniture stacked or rearranged. Oh, wow. So it's so that'd, it's just a full-on poltergeist. That'd be, wow. That'd be irritating. That's actually not very common. Like, for God's sakes, will you stop? <laughs> that, yeah, that would be like, so super of- annoying. Also, if they would leave meat out to thaw in the fridge or on the counter, uh, when they would go to use the raw meat, it would be half-eaten. Oh, no. Oh, that's Man, creepy. Son of a oh, don't like that. Don't Stuff's like that at five all. $5 a pound, you son of a... What right. ground meat are you getting this $5? Well, it's the ground meat, so who knows. All right. I'm just assuming this. <laughs> I'm assuming lean. Super lean. The porch lights would be on when people came home, even if they didn't turn them on before leaving. And when they would walk up to the front porch, they would change color or turn off. What? Mm, change color? Hmm. If the lights were off, sometimes they would come on as they walked up to the house. Others had reported that they would hear chairs in the dining room move, and when they came back into the room, the chairs would be in a different spot. We never experienced any strange things with this house while we lived there. However, my parents decided not to purchase the house. That's the first thing I would do is be like, okay, I'm not buying this. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know this yeah. might ruin the yeah. deal, <laughs> and then proceeds to ruin the deal. Right. Uh, That's smart, though. That's very smart. My parents came home that night. We packed some things and went to stay with my aunt and uncle. We then rented a different house and moved out. Oh, um, so they did. So I, I was right. They were like, yeah. screw that. They were like, <laughs> why take the chance? Yeah, we're not even going to risk it. This is enough. We never stayed another night there. We had a deep freezer in the garage that was padlocked that was full with meat and frozen pizza and things in it. And when my parents came to move it, everything was missing. It was still padlocked and no one had been there. That's the creepiest thing about if this is an entity. It's a carnivore. It eats raw meat out on the counter and then gets into the Do you, freezer and do you eats know what the first there. thing I thought of when I read that last What's sentence? What's that? I imagine the landlords being like, ah, ha, 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 yeah. Yeah, but they worked. wouldn't have the key to the it padlock. Worked, yeah, you're right. That's true. And it wasn't broken. It was still locked. That is true. The only thing that I have had that was supernatural was in a house in Decatur. I came home late one night and... As always, I went into my room and turned on my TV before turning off the light. On this night, I came in and shut my bedroom door and shut the light off after turning off the TV and heard a female's voice say, That was stupid. (laughs) I immediately turned on my light and searched my room to find no one there. This darkness is a mood. (laughs) That's not part of the story. Yeah, I know. Sorry. It was quite a while before I could sleep in my room again. That was also the house that the ghost of my best friend that was murdered came to visit me in. Hope this help. Hope these help. Wow. Well, thanks, Kim. But you kind of like yeah. dropped the bomb at the Ooh. very end. Uh, I, maybe if you should definitely send in that story, <laughs> right? Um, to our next encounters episode because that you yeah. saved the most intense one for last. You're yeah. like, oh, by the way, this super intense thing yeah. happened to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry to hear about your friend, yeah, by the way. Yeah, sorry to hear about that. But the the first story with 
the carnivore goes. That really gets me. But now I do want to know. Like, so I want to know about this best friend now. I did try to find this house on Google Maps to get a good street view of it, and I and I think I found it. If it's exactly where she says it is, C Street and Rogers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was looking up and down it. Like all of it looks pretty like modern, yeah. very modern homes. But and there's just sits one, one old house. No, seriously, <laughs> there's one. It's not like ancient, but it's definitely old enough to fit the time frame she's describing. Um, right. and it's just one old house and the backyard, there's like, uh, it looks pretty normal up front, but the backyard has these like big pillars. So Kim, if that's the right one, let me know that, because the back of the house looks crazy, Ugh. but it is, it's seriously, it's just one old house and a neighborhood of newer houses. It's really weird. That's yeah, That's weird. <laughs> yeah. It definitely looks like it could be a haunted house too. It's just like my, my, the street I grew up on, there was a, I grew up in like this double wide trailer. Yeah. There was, so there was me, there was my parents and us. The neighbor was this elderly lady in a double wide trailer, and then next to her was a brick house, just a, a brick small brick home. House, yeah, a brick house. <laughs> but anyways, the elderly lady ended up needing to uh, go into assisted living, so she sold her house. Okay, and this okay. is you know this is two miles from the home office of Walmart. Walmart. Oh you know? yeah. So these contractors kept coming to my parents and the neighbor in the brick house. Trying to buy the land. Yeah. The old lady, the elderly lady, they didn't, she sold, you know, she sold. So, but they were trying to buy this area so they could build these half a million dollar homes. Right. You know I mean? Right. Well, it's funny now, you know, because my parents did eventually sell. So now you go down there and there's these half a million dollar homes. And then, then right there's next, that, there's that little tiny brick, small brick little, house. Small brick house, right? You know, like surrounded by these half a million dollar but homes. But is it haunted? I don't know. Not yet. <laughs> I was about to say, can I we go check? I think those old people are still alive. Anyways. Well, yeah, that, that was definitely a good story, and I definitely hope to uh, hear back from you, Kim. Thank you very much. So this next story comes to us from Mario. Mario! <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. I knew it. <laughs> and we've titled it Empath Experiences. My paranormal activity history is a bit of a whopper, with the Wiccan bloodline that my family has, so you'll have to follow me on this one. Okay, I'm following you, Mario. I got my sneakers on. <laughs> Let's do this. In January of 2011, my god sister passed away at the age of 24. Her and I, as my mother would frequently inform me, from the time that I was a baby were connected, so her passing hit me hard. But something told me that her passing wouldn't be the end of our bond. When I came of age where my gifts as a clairvoyant began to make their spot on my life known, I started feeling a presence. Memories that were from when I was two, where most do not remember, I could recall down to the small details and confirmation from my mother assured me I was on the right path. Hmm. There was a specific set of events that have always set with me. On the week of my 18th birthday, I got a cat and named her Magenta, parentheses, my sister loved cats. This cat was not instantly equipped with some of the skills we all know cats to have, so, she, so where she would get gassy, I knew she would need to go to the bathroom. One particular night, around 3 a.m., she decided to go. I picked her up and walked her to the laundry room across from my bed, turned on the light, set her down, and leaned against the door frame waiting on her. Oh, so she really didn't have any of the she skills needed normal cat yeah, has. Yeah, she, she needed, needed all that help. As I'm standing there, the light starts to flicker, and my vision starts to go black, and I get lightheaded. I threw my hands up and stated, I'm not doing this tonight, and went back to bed. Uh, the cat found her way. Speaking of cats, mind is scratching. Yeah, it's scratching on the door. The next day, when I showed up to my shift at Walmart, 
I was the first associate manned register, working at a steady pace when I started to notice the lights above my register start to aggressively flicker, and then it moves down the row of lights and waves. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm not, I, can't, I can't buy this now. What? There's a manned register at Walmart? <laughs> that's, a, that's a bunch of horse crap. <laughs> what are the odds? Uh, where was I? As the lightheadedness starts to kick in again, I ask to be moved because, again, not dealing with that. So I like how he has these clairvoyant abilities and he's just like, nope, don't nope. want it. Nope, don't want anything to do with it. I mean, not that I blame him. Later that week, I'm at home all alone watching TV with the cat. Where the couch was at and where I was sitting, my mother's bedroom was right across the way, looking to my right. I'm staring forward at the TV with the cat staring at me, and I hear from her room or something say, hey. I look over to the dark, almost pitch black room and see nothing. I look back at the TV thinking nothing of it and I hear someone say my full name. Mind you, most people know me by my nickname, so it had to be someone who knew me otherwise to attempt to get my attention. His nickname is Mario. It's just easier to say than his real name. What's his real name? Uh, I don't know. I forget. We're not recording it on oh, here. All right. He said, call him Mario. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I got off the couch and shut the door. Later, when my mom got home from work, we were in her room, and I was asking her about the event. She thought, being that it is a home in a previously known retirement area, it was a wandering spirit that knew I could hear slash sense it. Suddenly, I feel something like the feeling when you're being stared at on the back of my head. I turn around to see my mom's closet door open. I walk into the closet and see my god sister's driver's seat cover in a Ziploc bag. In that moment, I knew it had to be her. From that point on, she would make little motions to let me know that she was there. Lights flickering everywhere. My friend's family got tired of having to buy light bulbs at one point. Sending a single doe in the road when she thought I was going too fast. Not a typical deer in the road though. It was being led by something and it never looked at me. Only straight ahead and things of that nature. Well, about a week ago, with the veil thinning again, I expected for her presence to become more prominent. At this point, I look forward to it. I'm lying in bed, doing what anyone on a day off does watching random Hulu movies to pass the time. As I'm laying there, I hear something that sounds like a young boy's laughter in my ear. Not distant like there was someone in my home, but meant just for me. I thought, that's new, as I'm laying there, until it hits me. Robbie. A year before my sister's passing, she and her husband were expecting, but as fate has it sometimes, he did not survive. Stillborn. Robbie, her son's name, was cremated when she passed away last year. Their ashes mixed together, their souls bonded. She was bringing him to me, and this day, I still get goosebumps when I feel their hands in mine. Well, Mario, I'm, uh, my condolences for your god sister, as well as her child passing away. I, I think this is a great story. Um, not to be that guy though, but I feel like since I just mentioned it in the previous episode, I didn't want to leave it out in this one. I personally don't believe in impasse or psychics or mediums or all that stuff. And I explained why in the last podcast because of the long history of hoaxes. And also I think that, you know, the brain, as we talked about also in a previous episode, the brain is very good at tricking itself and things that you think happen never really happen. Sensitive to memories. Yes. But maybe this is because I've never had yeah. an experience like that. Yeah. Um, this is just my opinion. I'm not I'm not saying this isn't true. I'm just saying that's what I believe. But um 
it does lend to his story that he was able to remember stuff when he was like two years old in vivid detail. And then he was like, Oh, Hey mom, did this happen when I was two? Cause I remember. And she's like, yep, that's exactly what happened. So that does lend some credence to, uh, Mario. That is the exact opposite reaction that I get when I say, Hey, did this happen when I was <laughs> like, no, like Gary, you're stupid. Don't remember that at all. What the hell are you exactly? <laughs> so maybe maybe Mario does have some abilities. Yeah. That I'm not keen to. Um, like I said, everything ever paranormal happened to me. So maybe I'm just not open to that sort of stuff. I I do think that is a sweet story though. Um, and there are there have been plenty of other accounts that of dead family members or close friends coming back and visiting their loved ones from the afterlife. So stranger things have happened. (laughs) So we'll end on a collection of stories sent by Jamie, who is also my mom. So when you hear uh, your sister, your grandpa, etc., she's talking about my family. And of course they also all have titles. And that's probably why I'm reading it because it will make more sense since I'm talking to you. It's a collection of stories. So we're going to pass it back and forth. Okay. All right. Hi, Jamie. (laughs) I love you. The first one is titled Little Boy. The Little Boy. Little Boy Blue. Is that Little Boy You? No. Oh, okay. But this is the one I'm involved in. Spoiler alert. Years ago, I was at my then boyfriend's apartment and we were laying on the couch watching a movie. I saw movement from the hallway out of the corner of my eye and turned my head to see a small, approximately three-year-old little boy with blonde, curly hair smiling at me. He had his head poked around the corner of the hall entrance and he looked very real. I smiled back and he popped his head back around the corner and disappeared. After I finished cleaning the crap off the couch, (laughs) I'm just joking, that's fine. That was me, because I would have totally, I would have well, the couch. if you keep reading, you'll know that she thought this was an, a real little boy. She didn't know it was a ghost. Oh, got you. Keep reading, Gary. Okay, sorry. Wait to make your jokes until you finish the paragraph. <laughs> I knew my boyfriend had a three-year-old little boy, I guy, but he lived in California with his mother, which makes it weird again, because, like, why would he all of a sudden be in the house? No, sorry. Okay, I'll keep reading. I'm sorry. I turned to him and asked him if he had his son here, and he replied, no, why? I told him what I had seen, and he said, oh, yeah, that's my little ghost. Nonchalantly. <laughs> Nonchalantly. Oh, yeah, sorry, I didn't tell you about that. I've seen him, and I leave cabinet doors open and stuff to see if he can close them, but he never does. I did not get any kind of bad or scared feeling, and I honestly thought it was a real little boy. Also, Mom, I didn't know you dated Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, hey, yo, ghost. yeah. You're, 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 hey, just watch when you go down the hallway. Sometimes he craps on the floor. <laughs> you step in it. I feel like we're both doing awful. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I did not get any bad or scared feeling, and I honestly thought it was a real little boy. We broke up sometime later, but we remained friends. He invited me to a barbecue and told me to bring my two boys because he did have his son and thought they could have a play date. I was one of those two boys. Yes. (laughs) The other one being my brother, Brent. Hi, Brent. (laughs) If you want to hear Brent, go back to the uh, interdimensional Sasquatch episode and listen to his amazing open read. Yeah, his amazing open read followed up by his million family guy jokes. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> that it, it still ended up being a really good episode. Yeah, though. it was a good episode. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it was really hard to focus. be entertaining after the amazing opening that he offered. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, I took them over along with my new boyfriend and his infant daughter. The boys were all playing in his son's room, which was directly across the hall from his. I was sitting in a chair in the living room with a direct line of sight down the hallway so I could keep an eye on the boys and make sure they didn't go across the hall into his room. I was playing with the baby and saw saw a little blonde-haired boy run across the hallway into my ex-boyfriend's room. I immediately got up and went down the hall yelling, Hey! You boys get out of that room. You know you aren't supposed to be in there. I got to his son's room and looked in. All three boys were still in their room jumping on the bed. No way they could have crossed the hall into the other room and back without seeing me. Or without me seeing it. God dang. We're we're both awful. I was about to say, yeah. We're both awful game more than usual. But so, yeah, apparently when I was really little, I may or may not have played with a ghost. Yeah. A ghost boy, if you will. If you really, if you close your eyes and think really hard, you can't remember it all. I I have no idea. Mm. No, my mom tells me. You don't remember this dude at all either? (laughs) No, I don't. My mom tells me a lot of stuff that we did when we were little. I don't remember any of it. We were apparently awful, awful children. So I thought she went, I thought she went from your dad to your stepdad. No. So, <clears throat> this next one is titled, oh, God, I hate this story. I, I, she told like she told us this, like, right after it happened, because this was when we were uh, over at my mom's house every other weekend. And so, we came back one weekend and told us this story. I totally forgot about it until was now. Was this Bella Vista? No, this was Bittenville. Uh, uh, right, oh. Which is right before Bella Vista. But I, I hate this story. It's so creepy. It's right by the high school. Yes. Gotcha. Correct. By Hank. By Hank. There you unfortunately. go. Unfortunately. Right. And this one's called Outside the Window. Cue the creepy music. Another encounter I had was in a house where I always felt like someone was behind me. And it was a very uneasy, evil presence. I would constantly be checking behind me and feeling like someone was standing directly behind me or that I was being watched. I was in bed one night, and my cat would climb up and sleep on the pillow, basically on the top of my head. I was almost asleep, and suddenly I got the worst feeling, like someone or something was standing in the doorway. I was so scared I couldn't move. My cat sat straight up, dug all of his claws into my head, and started yowling the most god-awful yowling you've ever heard, all while staring at the doorway. Needless to say, I didn't sleep very well after that. I just wanted to discuss the word yowling. Why? I've never heard that word. In Are my you life. serious? Yowling. How else do you just describe a cat? That's literal. Yowling. That's an actual literal word. Yowling. How have you never heard of the word yell? You're killing the creepy mood. I've I'm been doing up. Just edit it out. So here's the official definition: <laughs> yowling, make a loud wailing cry. Wow. In a sentence, he yowled as he touched one of the. How have you never I've heard that? Never word? heard that word God. in my life. I thought your mom made it up. <laughs> nope, sure didn't. Okay, sorry. <laughs> anyway, back to the creepy music. Also, when we lived in that same house in Bentonville, your sister, hi Katie, who was about three at the time would see what she described as an angry old man. 
We came home from the store, walked into the house, and went into the living room. She said that she was hungry, so I told her to go get herself a snack from the kitchen. We kept her snacks low in the fridge so that she could reach them herself. She just came right back to me and looked scared to death. I said, Katie, what's wrong? She just looked at me with this very frightened look on her face, so I asked her again more forcefully, what's wrong? She whispered, there's a man in the kitchen. I said, what? She whispered again that there was a man in the kitchen. I merely jumped up, grabbed her and the phone, and we were out the door. My mom's very smart. I quickly glanced into the kitchen as I was running out the door, but didn't see anything. I locked us in my car and called my husband, who was a police officer, and had him come and clear the house. He didn't find anything. I was creeped out, but I didn't think too much more about it, chalking it up to a three-year-old's imagination, or that some shadows had scared her. However, shortly after that, she started refusing to sleep in her room, claiming there was an old, scary, angry man that would be looking at her through her window. She did have blinds, but they were a little torn up. I mean, they were in a three-year-old's room. Ugh, creepy. Way to justify your crappy blinds, Jamie. <laughs> but say, I lived in that house, too, and I, I didn't know about any of this was going on. <laughs> Thankfully. The window into her room was on the side of the house that was enclosed by a privacy fence, and she was so convincing about it that I even checked outside her window for footprints or any sign that it could be a real person. I checked online to see if there were any sex offenders in the area, etc. I ended up just letting her sleep with me. She was adamant about not sleeping in her room and would always end up in bed with me anyway. I want to know how many sex offenders were in the area. I know there <laughs> Probably were at least 30. No, yeah, yeah. There had to have been a few. <laughs> like, it's, you don't ever, don't ever use that website because yeah. it'll literally freak you out of how many registered sex offenders are in the area. Well, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's good to know. But yeah. like I said, I do not like that story because this was, I was living in that house too at the time or at least coming to visit every other weekend. And uh, I just don't like it. No like it. Anyway, moving on. Uh, this one's also a small collection within a collection. Uh, so I've titled them all together and it is titled The Other Side. Your grandfather had an experience when we lived in an old house in Hiawassee. As you know, he is very religious. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't believe in ghosts or anything like that. He was in bed and your grandmother was at work. She worked midnights. He said he woke up to the sound of pattering footsteps circling the bed, and they were getting louder and louder, which is what woke him up. He had a horrible feeling, and tried to call out for his oldest son, but was unable to move. He then heard whispering in a taunting voice saying, Michael can't help you. Michael's the name of his son, by the way. Oh. He then started praying in his head, since he couldn't speak, and eventually the footsteps and whispering stopped and he was able to move and pray out loud. He then got up and read his Bible for the rest of the night. This reminds me very much of our last episode about sleep paralysis. There's a lot of stuff there, but the weird thing I would get about this, he said, Michael can't help you, which is, one is his oldest son's name, so that makes sense, but what if he wasn't referring to that Michael? What if he was referring to the angel Michael? Well, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you going to be that guy now? But I, I want to be that guy. As you know, he is very religious. He doesn't believe in ghosts. Well, 
<laughs> religious as in Christianity. And there's only like one ghost in the Bible. And that was like summed up. So I don't know. She's saying he believes that he believes that once a person dies, they don't stick around. That's what basically she's saying about that. I mean, isn't Jesus a ghost though? No, God, you are so wrong. You need to brush up on your theology. You're not even close. I guess he rose from the dead in his physical body. So if anything, he's a zombie. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Jesus. Golly. You don't know your Bible, nor do you know your paranormal. Images. Wake up, sheeple. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to move on. Yeah, let's do that. My grandma Ruby once said she, that she was in a church after hours cleaning and was praying while cleaning for her son because he had been acting strangely and she didn't know what was wrong with him. She was concerned he was mentally ill. She suddenly felt what she described as a dark, heavy feeling and the room got so cold she could see her breath. She turned to face the door, and in the doorway advancing towards her up the aisle was a large dark figure that she described as demonic. She started praying louder and rebuking Satan in the name of Jesus, and it disappeared just before reaching her. She was always convinced after that that her son was possessed by an evil spirit that caused him to act strangely. About this little short story, I want to point out that she didn't immediately think that her son was being possessed by something. She was like, oh, it's it could be some mental illness. So right. that's what she was praying for. But then after this experience happened, she didn't have this on the brain before until this happened. So I'm not sure exactly what she did about <laughs> the evil spirit possessing her son. No. Or perceived evil spirit, but it doesn't say. But uh, that's the, the experience itself is definitely, definitely creepy. Yes. Uh, so we'll go ahead and move on to the next one. My mother, which is my grandma, was very religious and very against having anything she thought was related to witchcraft or demonic influences, such as tarot cards or Ouija boards. She was especially adamant about the Ouija board. I don't blame her. Yeah. And so one day I asked her why, telling her that it was just a stupid board game that no one took seriously. She then told me that when she was a teenager, her friend had one, and they decided to play with it at a sleepover. Never a good idea. These stories don't have happy endings. Let me tell you Opening a gate. Yes, exactly. She said that they ended up summoning an apparition of a man who said he had died after being beaten and thrown down a well. She described him as very bloody and beaten with one eyeball popped out of the socket and hanging down his cheek. That's a lot of detail. Wow. She also said that he appeared green and bloated. Mm. Which... That would happen if you were... That's... That's insane because that's like a full like visual apparition right. with like all that detail. That's insane. I remember her telling me the story and immediately decided I was never going to have a Ouija board in the house or stay where they were using one. It made quite an impression. Wait, so like... Yeah, clearly it made it? an impression. It was just like, I was beaten, yeah, thrown well, down a well. So, yeah, well, that's what the grandma was saying. Well, see, the thing you got to know about my grandma is this... Could very well be a story that she fabricated to prevent uh, my mom from, from using, using a Ouija, Ouija board. board. Yeah. In which case, I- I'm taking my grandma's side on that one. But, I mean, could be real. But either way, hmm. definitely uh, definitely an interesting story. And it looks like that's all we have. So uh, That was it, huh? That's it. 
Thank you for sending the stories. And uh, if anyone's listening and you have a story of your own, please be sure to send it to us at snipehuntpodcast at gmail.com and we'll read them on air. And we'll uh, I have a question. try not to laugh too much getting through them like we did with these. Uh, sorry. I have a question. Yes. You had told me, I think before the last full episode, you said to think of something like a, a, a guardian angel, like what our guardian angel would be or... or uh, yeah, like a long time ago. What was when it? We were still talking about that. It was a sleep paralysis demon. Yeah. What, what, how would we describe our sleep paralysis? Yeah. Oh, demon? yeah. I I was gonna have a little funny we segment never to where we oh. invented one, but I decided to throw it out because I couldn't think of anything funny. Ah. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. So thank you for sending us your stories. If you have any more, definitely send them to us. Um, leave a review. Us, leave a review. Uh, all the things. Leave a review. Uh, check us out on social media. Like our Facebook page. Tell us what you love about us. Tell us what you hate about us. Tell us us. what you love, hate, etc. Let us know either way. So thank you for listening. Once again, we want to thank you for listening to Snipe Hunt. Your listening has been noted and will be reported to the proper authorities. All audio used was done so under the protection of fair use. Logo design is by Ethan Rothfuss. The music you heard in this episode was composed by Mayu and Nature World 1986. We'll continue to search for the unexplained and we'll hopefully see you on the next hunt.